How are your brackets? You know, trash. The brackets. Hey, I still have three of my four Final Four teams, and I don't know if busted. by the end of the night, I, mine, mine were busted. Uh, you know, Friday afternoon, mine was yeah. pretty busted right then and there. Broken, busted. Beated. My heart was also busted. Yeah, I'm sorry. No. Didn't see that one coming. Oh God, not at no. all. No, they. But they look. I mean, we were making as a joke. soon as it was like five minutes in, I was like, you can in, just. In they ref- just look flat. Like they were just like. Oh, we're in here. reference to. Ohio State losing to Oral Roberts, for those wondering. Uh, but those are probably wondering more how their d- bracket is doing in the 30 Rack of Sports podcast bracket pool. And uh, I unfortunately have to report that it is uh, my uh, my relatives that are doing the beating <laughs> right now. Uh, dad, my dad, Hammer 2, in the lead right now with uh, 350 points, 1550 Left, he's got Baylor as his champion, and then one of my brothers. I genuinely don't know which one. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> one of them. Uh, at seventy three, uh, three hundred forty total points right now. Fifteen twenty remaining. Houston as the champion, and Ooh. then guys, our collective one that we did on last week's episode in the second part of the Big Chug. That's in third place with three hundred twenty points. Unfortunately, <laughs> our champion Illinois bounced. They're gone. Yeah, our max is only why are we why are we allowed, why are we doing a show anymore? It I took know. all three of our collected heads, and we're still like, what's the max at? We don't even have a thousand max points left available. Uh, can we just go uh, just one spot down real quick, just before we get who is that and tied for fourth? Yeah, that's uh Bushy Bobby four and the talents bracket the talents tied bracket. together. He's got fifteen thirty available. You've only got thirteen ten available. Hey, so the Zag. both I told got you. Gonzaga though. Yeah, told you. Uh, and then Zach, yeah, you and I are down there a ways. <laughs> Owen Bayless down there a ways. Uh, I, I, it's time. Go Miami Dolphins Heat. Uh, way down there a ways. Autofill with UNC Greensboro as a champion. <laughs> that was a tough down one. there a ways. A... Tough break there, but yeah, whoever wins this again will be getting some uh, Ohio beer goodies. Swag bag. Swag bag, courtesy of the Thirty Rack Podcast team. The 30 Rack Podcast team, as we welcome you into another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Of course, introductions as Ohio's sports and beer podcast. Starting to my right is uh, a guy who really helps the pod's image just about as much as Ohio State helped the Big Ten image on Friday. Uh, It's Zach. Damn. Uh, Probably part of the reason why our bracket's so bad. Probably the biggest part of the reason. So uh, we're just going to blame that all on you, Zach. The big bias. From, oh, a, yeah. from a wonderful weekend filled with Oral Roberts. How are you feeling this <laughs> fine Monday? Uh, I mean, I got to go to a wedding. I got drunk on Saturday, so. Oh, congratulations. Over it. You're, you're <laughs> over it? Over it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten's just, you know, it's trash. All trash. Everybody should just be fired. So it's I a mean, trash I'm... grinder more, or a trash compactor more than a meat grinder. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. As we found, we found out that apparently the Pac-12 is like the greatest conference on the so, face so of the planet. So far, only I believe as we're recording right now, only two Big Ten teams alive. Out Maryland, of nine, Maryland's one. Can you tell me the other one, Zach? <sighs> yeah, I, that team. The University of Michigan. That that's team. correct. As the one seed, um, from Ohio State to Ohio, actually the only member of this podcast. <laughs> To not pick the Ohio Bobcats over Virginia, the man's on the ones and twos, and thankfully not the man picking the brackets for us. Oh, yeah. We're it's, looking for a new producer, by the way. It's Josh. <laughs> Josh, uh, what do you have to say about your just 
Awful takes I have, and uh, I have you know, a long, no state pride. I have a long history of almost choosing the Bobcats. I almost went to school there. I didn't. So I almost picked them to God, I wish you did. win here, and I didn't. I know. I know. Sometimes <laughs> I wish I did, too, but we can't always have what we want. So, of course, that's Josh on the ones and twos. And then, of course, myself, the talent, uh, the one who really just says a few words and takes all the credit basically the sister gene of this podcast <laughs> my name is greg and i'm telling around here so i do want to point out that last on last week's episode and this was pointed out to me by others that you introduced him but then never said his <laughs> name zach on your right there <laughs> but that's that's pedestrian like i said we uh, need I a new producer a new host by the way i'm taking application <laughs> You only show up half the time anyway, so <laughs> maybe we just need a new podcast in general. Yeah, so. probably. We've got a great podcast episode tonight, though, because we're going all Athens, baby. We got Athens beer, and we're talking the Bobcats of Athens for our big chug, and we'll find out if they win this game. Yeah, also, we're talking a little bit of uh, you know free agency in football, and then uh, just kind of recapping our brackets seeing where we're at, and then uh, maybe getting some retread Final Four picks. So uh, we'll do all that, but first, guys, we got to get some headlines in. The NCAA tournament is in full swing as the first two rounds have been completed as of Monday night. Unfortunately, the tournament did not start out with a bang, as Friday afternoon, Ohio State was blown out of the tournament by a pesky Oral Roberts team who gave the national championship contenders a premature ejection with a 75-72 overtime loss. On Friday night, the Vikings met a similar fate as Cleveland State kept things close with Houston in the first half, but were ultimately overwhelmed by the Cougars, who outscored the Vikings by 23 in the second half on the way to an 87-56 win. Saturday, though, the state of Ohio finally got some good news as the 13th-seeded Ohio Bobcats upset number 4-seeded Virginia 62-58 in a back-and-forth slugfest Thanks to the Bens, Roderick and Vanderplus, who combined for 32 of the Bobcats' 62 points. The Bobs are currently taking on Creighton as we record for the opportunity to face Gonzaga in the Sweet 16 next weekend. And finally, on Monday afternoon, in just the second upset of the tournament, the lone Ohio participant in the NCAA Women's Tournament, the 13th seeded Wright State Raiders, knocked off number four Arkansas 66 62 to advance to the round of 32 to face the winner of Missouri and UC Davis on Wednesday, guys. And those are your OH headlines. Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. Guys, for our beer of the week, we're going to Athens, Ohio to celebrate the Ohio Bobcats. 740, baby. We're doing uh, Jackie O's in Athens. They're under a cloud hazy IPA. Uh, this is the hazy India pale ale from Jackie O's. It's 7% ABV. It's got that nice like New England IPA kind of look to it. It's a pale ale brewed with Simcoe, Econaut, Brew One, and Citra Cryo hops. I know some of those words, Josh. Though I'm glad you mentioned these hops, Greg, because this beer has a great hop palette to it it's got the brew one the citra and the equin equinot that's like the bright citrusy ones and then that uh simcoe hops that's that floral bitterness mm. so you kind of got all your good hops uh-huh. here coming together for a damn good hazy ipa 
It's a hopping good beer to have around Easter. Yeah. And I also want to point out uh, Jackie O's, the one of two breweries to be in the three-time club on 30 Rack of Sports, joining Rheingeist. Oh, well, there you go. <clears throat> so, but a good can that, as always, that we'll get oh, to yeah, later. Is, yeah. Has a uh, creature of sorts on it, but we had to do the Athens beer, get the Athens spirit flowing for the Bobcats. Yeah, we're all we're all rooting for the Bobcats as they take on Creighton right now. Um, guys, thoughts on this beer overall, just taste wise? It's like everything Jackie O's does, good. I don't know. I mean, you're the big IPA guy down there. I know I am, and. Yeah, no complaints from the IPA world. I, I'd like a little bitter, but that's just me, though. Um, but I think it's, again, one of those nice, easy uh, IPAs for people who aren't necessarily all into the overpowering. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely your hazy IPA. It's just got that slight bitter bite to it. You know, it's one of those things that if you are just kind of weaning your way into IPAs, yeah. it's a good beer. Nice it's definitely little, a good, nice like... Nice little gear up for summer, too. We're getting into some warm yeah, weather. It's got, it's got a little smooth... that citrus... It's got more of it. a smooth citrus yeah. floral. I was gonna say profile it's, to it. It's one of those beers that I think you could take down. You know, seven percent, not too bad. You could take down a few of these on the beach. It's not like some of those IPAs where you have like two and you're oh, like, all right, oh, we gotta we gotta clear the palate a little bit. Yeah. No, where this is, one's where's the bush light? This one's good. Yeah, yeah easy drinking. It is seven percent, but it's pretty highly rated, pretty highly sought after. Limited release from Jackie is so. I yeah. love it. Well done. Check out their Under a Cloud Hazy IPA from Jackie O's. Quick sips. Guys, for our first quick sip, we're talking a little NFL free agency. Uh, free agency opening up last week. Um, the state of Ohio, both the Browns and the Bengals, making some signings. Some players to help both teams. Also a few few losses here and there. Uh, starting in Northeast Ohio with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Browns obviously had some work to do on the defensive end. Uh, signed Two uh, defensive backs from the Rams. Rams, one of the best defenses against the pass last that year. That whole defense has been fucking gutted. Yeah, John Johnson the third, uh, safety from the Rams, three years, thirty-four million. Troy Hill, cornerback, uh, four years, twenty-four million. So definitely some some help there. Uh, another thing with Johnson is you wonder with the the heavy safeties that they have, but you know Joe Woods is thinking about running more of a four-two-five. With that three safety set. Yeah, with the three safety set. Also, um, you know, they needed some open on defensive end. Olivier Vernon obviously getting older towards Achilles. So uh only signed Taurus McKinley one year for four million. Um was hoping for a little bit more there, but we'll see if they do something in the draft. Got Malik Jackson from Philly, the former pro bowler, uh, to maybe work with Andrew Billings in the middle, maybe work for that starting defensive tackle spot. And then Anthony Walker, the linebacker from uh, from Indianapolis, on a one-year deal, uh, tackling machine, not great in coverage, but like we mentioned, four-two-five. Uh, resign got Malcolm Smith back, the former Super Bowl MVP, was a great veteran presence. Uh, Cody Parkey, the Ooh. much maligned kicker, who actually kicked pretty well in the playoffs. And then the guy who we thought was gone a couple weeks ago on thirty rack, Rashard Higgins. Yeah, gone. yeah. Uh, not too many big losses. Um, Kendall Lamb, kind of their, you know, do it all backup offensive tackle, went to Tennessee. Uh, Terrence Money Mitchell going to Houston, but as we mentioned, have added some on the defensive backside. And then uh, Larry Ogunjobi, who we'll talk more, he's going to the Bengals. So, you know, overall, pretty happy with what Andrew Barry and the Browns have done. Um, needed to add to that defensive backfield, obviously getting Delpit and Greedy Williams back, but you need some veteran presence and some depth because. 
you know, was shown when that depth was hurt. Oh, yeah. Not a whole lot. Uh, defensive line, build some, hoping for some more. And then, you know, walkers are good. Linebacker ad, but we really need, like, another pass rusher slash linebacker, which I hope to get maybe in the draft. I know we were possibly in on J.J. Watt. Didn't happen. Possibly in on a couple guys. J.J. Watt fun- thing was weird. Yeah. We never even really got into that. You guys might have. I might have missed that, but no, I mean, no. I no it was did. just one of those things where he like was between a few teams. I guess he. But had, I like, thought he would go take a discount or something to go to a yeah. contender, right? What you go to Arizona? You're not yeah. you're not winning a Super Bowl there, guy. And then no way. Uh, the other interesting one was there was a lot of, you know, smoke in the air about potentially the um, Broncos not bringing back Von Miller because of the hefty price tag, and then mm-hmm. him reuniting with uh, former coach and Joe Woods in Cleveland. Right. They decided to pick up the option. Uh, you know, Browns lost out on Carl Lawson, you know, a Big couple other guys. For you. So. Big question for you. You think the Browns trade for Deshaun Watson? <laughs> Definitely not now. <laughs> Why? Why? What? What's been going on? I thought you were being serious for a minute there. <laughs> All right, sorry. I, I thought you had a. I thought I, he had a real question. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're actually looking. Uh, unfortunately, our, our backup target, Andy Dalton, got swept up by the Bears. Uh, so it was this big real starter. Shame. Big starter, Andy. Yeah, they, he's like they they gave they sit on the starter, and I was like, oh, okay, yep, awesome. Can we get to can we get to my boys? Yeah, and, sure. And we'll get to stripes. we'll get to the oh, geez, the uh, Bengals and their big signing. Uh, a couple decent signings for the Bengals. Their uh, big one, though, Trey Hendrickson, uh, defensive end from New Orleans, a guy that you know a couple teams were in on, even the Browns were in. Bengals signed him four years, $60 million. I didn't know Mike Brown even knew about that much kind of money. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Riley Reef, uh, no tackle from Minnesota, uh, one year, $7.5 million. And then a couple cornerbacks, uh, Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh, four years, 24. And then... Uh, Chidobia Wouzier from Dallas, three years, $22 million. Uh, but both cornerbacks have a one-year-out clause. And then Larry Ogunjobi. Spending some dough. I yep. thought Mike Brown was still offering, like, 1960s contracts. Like, we'll give you sixty grand a year in a Packard. Yeah, uh, did lose some big names. Uh, one of their top defensive ends, Carl Lawson, to the Jets. Uh, William Jackson, their top cover corner from last year, <laughs> to Washington. And then um, a guy that... that Believe it or not, has been on the Bengals roster the last couple of years. I was amazed when I found out he was. AJ Green went to oh, Arizona. Oh, we're still not getting to the good one. Okay. Yeah. But uh, the biggest loss of all that I'm sure you're really sad about um, one of the best tackles in the league. I'm sure a lot of people say this. Unfortunately, <laughs> released offensive tackle Bobby Hart, cap casualty, you know, one of the good guys in the league that you hate to see go. I guess. If you like conspiracy theorists and guys that don't believe in science, you're sure. But, uh, yeah, Geno Atkins also gone. Uh, kind of an end of an era with Atkins and Green and Dalton now being the starter in Chicago. End of an era for the Bengals. But I really like the Hendrickson and the Reef signing because you bring in some much-needed veteran leadership on each side of the ball there for really four years, 60 million for Hendrickson and two years, five and a half million for reef. That's not a bad price tag to get a veteran on each side of the ball for two plus years. Kind of as you rebuild the core, get some teachers in there, some leaders in there. Yeah. And I mean, you got some guys in, in Hilton and Awuzie who, you know, the numbers are 24 and 22 million, but I think you can get out of both of them. One for like right. eight, one for like nine after you, a year. Again, so, you need some depth there as you rebuild, well, especially after losing. I always say every Jackson. NFL contract's a one year deal. 
Really? Wow, yeah. I mean, for the most part, the way they're structured, I was it's not like say, major league baseball or something. When I, you hear those big price tags, but it's like most of them, most of them, are, most of them are one to three year deals. That's that's as much as you'll get. Just will be depends on the guaranteed yeah. money, which usually it's like yeah, a year. Yeah, the the top talent gets basically a three year before an out. Yeah, the less talent gets about one year. I mean, even technically Hendrickson, they can get out one year twenty mil. So making some moves though, put the Browns and the Bengals. Should make for an interesting offseason. So with the, the draft uh, brings. Yeah, with the draft coming up, uh, you know, late next month in Cleveland, I guess going into that, what what are the big needs that you're looking for after, you know, most of the free agency dust is settled? Yeah, you know, you still like to see them add depth at a lot of these spots, especially in the secondary for the Bengals. And then, you know, you're still looking at wide receiver. They kind of swung and missed on some receivers there. A lot of them thought they'd go after Kenny Galladay, who signed with the Giants. Um, some thought they'd go after Curtis Samuel. So I'm, I'm not sure. The draft definitely, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have had a different answer. But it's definitely a different approach now. I think you've had a fairly successful free agency. What about the Browns? Um, Browns, you know, I'm very happy with the signings. I, I don't think, you know, I'm really happy to have some depth in the defensive backfield, but I still think the main issue is the same. I like McKinley, but I think he's still like a third pass rusher. I think you need that second guy who's, you know, can be a game changer, who can help when, you know, Garrett's getting doubled or triple teamed to make teams pay so that Garrett doesn't get doubled and triple teamed every time. So, because if you can keep guys off Garrett and keep him in single and double situations, then quarterback's going to be in for a rough day. Joe Burrow's going to have an even rougher time. So that's the hope. Uh, let us know what you think about the Browns and the Bengals free agency. If you give them, uh, you know, high grades, low grades, what else do you think they need to add? Let us know at 30 Rack on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For our next quick sip, we're talking, we're talking our brackets. As we mentioned on the top of the show, um, some some busters for the brackets. Uh, you know, most notably. Oral Roberts with quite a few around, you know, all around Abilene Christian, a few other, few other guys. So, uh, you know, just looking around, guys, who's your biggest bust? Who are your biggest busts from the tournament? Maybe some other underrated ones. Got to uh, go with. I think you got to start with the Big Ten in general. Yeah, the conference as yeah. a whole. Um, I yeah, mean, I agree. It was a bust. It's interesting. <laughs> it's really we're, they're not going to win it this year. I mean, so many years. It was an interesting thing I read, though. Someone was talking about because there was like kind of an article on it, and they were pointing out there is no argument that the Big Ten has been the best like conference top to bottom, but they're like they don't have that elite talent. They're like an example they gave was since 2016, the Big Ten has had six NBA first round draft picks. Last year alone, the SEC had six <clears throat> first round picks and then 12 total picks in the draft. So it's just like they said, they have all this good second tier talent. They don't have. And I think you see that difference in the tournament when I mean I think is a perfect example. Yeah. EJ Lytle is their best player, not a traditional big man, and he requires someone to get him the ball. Your best on ball player, Dwayne Washington, disappears for you know an hour. Yeah. I think you see that from a lot of those teams. And I think yeah. the the one thing that, you know, you've seen throughout the year is and I mean you've even seen this a couple of years ago, but you know, with the lack of out of conference schedule. These teams beat up on each other, and you thought it was all because they were so good. Yeah, but some of them had some flaws. The the only real uh, similar one that I that I have is a couple of years ago. The Big Twelve was like a big. They had a bunch of like two and three seeds and whatnot, oh, yeah. and they I think like nine of the ten teams made it to the tournament. 
but they had two three seeds get upset by 14s. I think both Baylor and um, West Virginia got upset. So it's just one of those things where it's like... Oh, I mean, I think you could throw the Big 12 in there. And I don't think they've been impressive either. They're right behind the Big 10 a little bit with uh, West Virginia getting knocked off. Uh, Texas. Texas, obviously. Texas a couple is, three seeds. Texas yeah. is one of my biggest busts. Um, so I think both those conferences that were considered one, two, you know, Oklahoma State, I mean... Yeah, I think I think they have a lot of you know better than average talent, but they don't all have like the super elite talent. And you look at the best players on those teams. You know, Texas has had a lot of elite big men, but you don't go mm-hmm. that. You know, you don't know. I mean, I think Baylor only has two current pros in the league right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean Both, Baylor's like, guys. It's correct not me if like, I'm wrong. Baylor's the only only one left. Yeah, they they. And yeah. so the, both those the top two conferences combined have three teams left as of right now. Yeah, which is just crazy. We, we still have we still have yeah we still have Michigan and, and Maryland to play, to play tonight. So. Yeah, but I mean Texas is the one for me. I mean you look at Shaka Smart. I thought this was one of his best teams that he's had since he's been there. Really, he one of needed his best it. Teams. He came from VCU. That VCU they gave him that all, money, he and he's taken all the time at VCU too. Yeah. He's now in his last uh, couple his last NCAA appearances. He's zero and five. Well, oh, and I think four of those five are bounces in the first round, and which is I, crazy. I don't know if you've seen the uh, like the way he's lost. There was like the, they were up on Northern Iowa like late, and they mm-hmm. they gave up like an eight point lead in the last minute. Uh, the in twenty nineteen or the last time they made the tournament before this year, they had like a big lead, like a you know fifteen to twenty point lead that they blew. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it was like. He's you know, we'll get to we'll run. get to Loyola later, but he's one of those guys that it seemed like at VCU they would find a way to win and make some noise. And now at Texas they're doing the exact opposite. It's like some of those teams where they just mm-hmm. find a way to blow up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um now when I thought at Virginia. Yeah. I mean Yeah, they're only a four C, but I mean, uh, you know, sandwiching, uh, you know, obviously they're not that upset. You won the national title. Two years but ago, I mean, the last one. But I mean, you know, you, you were a 16 seed and lost. They were a 15 seed at one point, a few years, I think a year or two before that. Yeah. I, yeah. That's one before that and lost to the, the only, 15 seed. So. The only difference that, that you can kind of give to Virginia that I, I would keep them off this list and I would put Villanova on the list yeah. is, uh, well, Villanova was kind of different. They had injury issues. But, uh, you know, Kansas and um, Virginia had the big COVID issues. I right. think Virginia didn't even get to the bubble till late. They didn't even get in. They didn't Friday. get till Friday. They right. didn't get a lot yeah, of I think you know. You're playing a thirteen seed. I know. I'm just you know. I think as a fan, you're just kind of like it's a high but, or low with this team. But yeah. I think it goes with, and, to Bennett. I think I mean, that's a style of play they yeah. have, though. I think it goes to the style of play thing, though, and what you guys were saying about you, you, your non-conference schedule that you don't get so much of this year. You look at Virginia, who probably hadn't seen that much of, especially with the ACC being the rest of the ACC being so down right. this year. They didn't see that kind of high volume scoring mm-hmm. and high percentage shooting that Ohio can be capable of. They hadn't seen that before. Even though they're capable of playing that slow game, like Ohio's capable of cranking the tempo up, as we they saw. They score in bunches. Yeah. Same with Illinois, where in the Big Ten you see that gritty, tough, not always the neatest basketball. Mm-hmm. Loyola Chicago, man, that was one of the most efficient teams I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the few times I've ever seen a team completely physically wear down the other team. Yeah. I mean, DeSumo and uh, Coburn, I mean, they could hardly get back to half court before right. Loyola was dunking the ball. Yeah. It's just you don't when you didn't have that regular non conference just where you get to see some other things. 
Exactly. It could be a real shock to the system, and I think you're seeing that a lot right now with some of these higher-seeded teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I guess any other impressive teams? I think the one other team I would throw in is a team that you know kind of snuck into the tournament, a team that we thought kind of like Georgetown would get bounced early, but Oregon State, the Beavers, have looked good yeah. in both of their games. Yeah. I mean, you know, let Oregon or Oklahoma State get back into the game, but have looked you know, every bit of the best team. And, you know, just the Pac-12 has been great so yeah. far. Pac-12, Pac-12 as a whole. Uh, I, I throw Oregon Syracuse in there. <clears throat> yeah, Syracuse, Syracuse has looked really good. Uh, even UCLA. I know people don't want to hear that. Making and they're a, up big on Abilene right now. I know. I'm just, hey. Good. I, yeah. I, I, good. I thought he was two years and done there. I was like, no way. Well, and, He's about to have him probably in the Sweet 16. So. Yeah, and they were down. I mean, they were down. Like you know, double digits to early Michigan State, to Michigan yeah. State came back, played well against BYU, and mm-hmm. then Abilene Christian has really never been in this game. I I would just say the Pac-12 As a whole. overall, like yeah. Colorado looked yeah. great. Oregon, Oregon just looked blew dominant. The doors yeah, off Oregon looked so Iowa. good today. Yeah. And I mean, basically a I mean USC Mobley looked pretty good against Drake, and then I mean basically a Pac-12 team in Gonzaga, mm-hmm. just was com- in complete control against Oklahoma. Well, so. we'll talk about another really impressive team here, the Ohio Bobcats in our big chug. Ohio really, Bobcats? Ohio Bobcats. But really quick, let's uh, get to our new revised, if if they're revised, if you had to revise them, your new Final Four. Yeah, so uh, yeah. looking at my bracket, I only had to revise one team. Um, Ohio State did not make it. Uh, so throwing in Baylor there, even though I don't trust them, they've looked a lot better in the tournament. They've looked better than I, I would have yeah. thought. I'm wrong. Like they looked good against Wisconsin and I mean, it could just be Wisconsin, but they looked pretty good. Uh, Houston I'm keeping in. I don't feel great about it, but also there's not a whole lot of like other teams. Like they had a lot of upsets on that in that bracket. Um, Florida State is apparently who I picked. I didn't realize it, but the Seminoles are playing tonight. So hopefully, by the time this comes out, they won't. They uh, will have gotten another win. And uh, I'm taking the the Zags still. My national championship. I told I told you guys that the Zags were ready to play, and so far they've they've looked the part in their first two games. Yeah, look at uh, my bracket. I, I'd have to replace three besides Gonzaga in my entire national championship game. Uh so, sticking with Gonzaga, obviously, they were extremely impressive. Uh, to replace Ohio State coming out of the uh, South, I don't trust Baylor still. I, I, I'm going to go Arkansas. And I know people are like, well, they barely escaped Texas Tech, but Texas Tech was a Final Four team. Yeah. Uh, to, I, or, you know. So, Pretty good team this year. Yeah. So, I mean. No, I mean, their coaches, I think, had like, you know, uh, what, nine or something program. wins? He did something Bobby yeah. Knight couldn't do, is all I'm going to say. Uh, so, I'm, I'll go Arkansas. Uh, out of the Midwest, hard not to go against Houston. Uh, tip of the cap, the Rutgers, though. Hell of a game. Uh, no, they should have won that game. No, yeah. But um, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go Jim Beheim with his son, buddy. I'm going to go Cuse coming out of the Midwest. You know what Buddy hey, orange. is? Buddy's in bucket right now, dude. Yeah. There's no, there's no out. talking about it. Um, And then I guess to replace uh, Texas in the East, you know, I can't. Can't do it. I'm gonna I'm go Florida State. Uh, Cause I don't know. I think Maryland Alabama will be an interesting game. Maybe. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. Alabama definitely has a good shot. I mean. But I'm gonna go Florida State out of there, and then I guess revise Gonzaga. What you had? Gone- Gonzaga Arkansas. Just a weird. That'd be a weird. That would be a weird matchup. Yeah, I'm gonna go weird matchup with uh, Gonzaga. You know what you're doing? Probably. What? 
You're taking a ride on the must bus right there. So <laughs> Very interesting. Josh, what about you to round things out here? I'm going to go uh, the Oregon Ducks versus the Michigan Wolverines. Ooh. And the Ducks win that game to uh, take on Houston, who beats Baylor. Okay. Whoa, yeah, quack, so... quack, 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 quack. Ducks versus the Cougars. Houston wins the national Emilio! title. Emilio! Dana Altman and them boys. Wow, interesting. Let us know who's your revised Final Four. Are we smarter this time around? Are no. we just as dumb? The answer is probably. Let us know at 30 Rack of Sports. All right, so for our big chug, we are talking the Ohio University Bobcats basketball program. Uh, great season for them that they just wrapped up uh losing to creighton but overall a kind of a weird up and down season that they went through uh just to kind of go over the season so they started the season four and two one of those losses was just by two points to illinois who you know was a one seed then had a 55 point win over horizon champ cleveland state where they set an ncaa record going on a 40 to nothing run (laughs) then got into mac play Started three and four in MAC play, then finished the season with six straight wins before a final regular season loss at Buffalo. Uh, that include that included uh, almost a month layoff and seven games postponed or canceled. So they go into the MAC tournament, uh, you know, as the five seed, beat Kent State in the first round, beat number one Toledo in the second round behind uh, you know a couple big games. Uh, Ben Vanderplus had 26, 8, and 7 in that game, and then beat a Buffalo team that they lost to by 20 just two weeks earlier to get into the dance. So then you get the Virginia game and then the Creighton game. Guys, I mean, based on where they were at times this year, great season for the Bobcats, but uh, kind of a heartbreaking loss that we just watched. Yeah, yeah, it was a bummer there, and that they kept they kept hanging around too. And just enough. Yeah. And we'll we'll get more into the analysis yeah. here in a minute, but yeah, really a great season and an unexpected run for a team that finished mm-hmm. fifth place in the MAC. Yeah, I know. Early we were talking, you know, about the top teams. We were talking Akron and uh, Toledo. Basically, those were the two teams that we were, you know, we were talking about that matchup earlier in the year. Like that's the big matchup. Those are the two teams. You know, um, Akron ends up losing. Toledo gets upset, and then Ohio makes their way to the dance. Yeah, it's it, it's incredible, and especially when you look at where they started, because they had a roller coaster of a season. I mean, yeah, like you said, started two and zero, and then they only lose by two at Illinois, who was uh, eight at the time, and then yeah, they come out and absolutely blow the brakes off Cleveland State. Yeah, and then yeah, they hit that weird, they hit that weird point where yeah, they kind of had a couple. I think they went zero and three in a five game span, and then had two of those games canceled from covid but then once i got to 2021 they went 12 and 3 12 and 4 if you count tonight so that's an impressive run for them they did lose tonight yeah i taking a look at their first game though uh spoilers spoilers Spoilers. it's coming out tuesday sorry guys spoiler alert they lost yeah uh playing number four virginia in the 413 matchup uh, playing a Virginia team that had to pull out of the ACC tournament with with COVID issues, uh, didn't make it to Indy on Friday. Um, you know, had their first shoot around the morning of the game, but this game, you know, was pretty close. Kept it within two possessions in most of the first half. Hit two late threes to cut it to one at half. It was twenty eight twenty seven. Early in the second half, 
Virginia kind of went on a little bit of a run with about 14 and a half minutes to go. Um, Virginia was up 38 to 31. Then over the next 10-ish minutes, OU goes on a 16 to 2 run to take a 47 to 40 lead, which, you know, OU or Virginia gets to two a couple times. OU yep. pushes it back out. They eventually end up just holding on by five points. Uh, as mentioned at the top, Ben Roderick, 15 points. Uh, ben Vanderplus, 17 points. And then Jason Preston with 11 points and 13 rebounds. So an overall good game. You know, as we mentioned, Virginia is one of those teams that he plays good defense, but if you shoot well and then sometimes they go on a cold streak, which they did, you know, only two points in 10 minutes, oh, you took advantage and, and was able to kind of hold on there. Yeah, and that, I think, was kind of the difference maker, as we'll get to between that game and the game against Creighton. But even that Virginia game, like, not to make excuses, like, they did have a really tough, tough draw there with what happened to them this week with COVID. But even in that game, I Ohio shot 42% from the field, 30 from the arc, and only missed one of their 14 free throw attempts. Another thing that kind of hurt them tonight is they couldn't hit from the line. They also out-rebounded Virginia. And, like, tonight, they I, I still feel like they out-rebounded Creighton. Yo, they I have did. to look at the actual number on that. Yeah, but, they but they just couldn't convert. Even when they were getting the defensive stops, they'd, force a, they'd get a block, force a turnover, uh, you know, put shut shut them down. They just couldn't score in transition. They couldn't convert those points. They out rebounded uh, Creighton by five, but yeah. did turn the ball over more than Creighton did, as we kind of mentioned. You know, right. wasted offensive possessions, whether it was bad shots or um, or you know, turning the ball over. And then going to tonight's game, you know, tough loss against Creighton, uh, seventy-two to fifty-eight. One of those games that they had an early lead out front, but. You know, lost it. Creighton ended up just going, you know, from down two or five to up 11. And then they kind of held on to that lead, got it all the way up to 17. Oh, you got it down to about 10 and then just couldn't get it any closer. I mean, the big issue for the Bobcats, as we mentioned, did well rebounding, but just did not shoot the ball well. Yeah. You know, 31%. You look at, you know, uh, the two bends from the last game. Broderick was. 4 of 12, Vanderplus was 3 of 12, uh, Jason Preston was 1 of 10, uh, you know, uh, the other starter McDay was 4 of 14, Sears off the bench was 2 of 8, I mean, you shoot 31% from 2, and then they hit a couple late threes to, uh, you know, get to 23, get above 20% from 3, so just a tough game all around, like you said, when your best player only puts up 4 points, it's going to be very <laughs> tough to win. I mean and especially when the other guy, it's not like the other guys are getting open shots that they're banging in, you know. In the Virginia game, Preston only shot seven times, it was four of seven, but had, you know, a good number of assists. A lot of guys were getting some easy shots, but here, not the case. Yeah, I mean, typically have Creighton. They made a, a OU on offense looked a little disjointed at times, and um, I mean, yeah, you look at, you know, turnover, like it seemed like OU has turned the baller, but they only had three more turnovers. That was generally a pretty sloppy game, but yeah, it's it's you go down scoring efficiency. I mean, OU took six more shots, uh, shot nine more threes, shot three more free throws, but the percentage disparities to you know makes was just. I mean, again, Creighton was uh, overall you know fourteen percent better from field goal percentage, nineteen uh, percent better from three point, and then. A big one, thirteen percent better from the free throw line. Yeah, You're three lose those games. Free throw line was big. Yeah, yeah. three less free throws and, and nine less three pointers. They were pretty as you evenly said, evenly matched. It was 
Crane just knocked down more yeah. shots, basically, is what happened. Yeah, they, okay. they made the most of their opportunities. And then, you know, late, it looked like OU was kind of trying to force things a little bit. You saw the deep yeah. three by Preston late. Uh, I don't know what that you was. You saw a couple of, like, where they just kind of went into the lane and just kind of threw the ball up. Yeah. Just yeah. a lot of, like, weird shots. And it, it just didn't seem like they were playing their game. They were getting a little bit flustered. Yeah, yeah and the cold streak kind of started. Here's some, here's some interesting stats for you guys. The game against Virginia, as you had mentioned, like Preston even in that game only was, what, four for seven. Uh, they scored 62 points in their win over Virginia, which was the lowest amount of points they had scored in a win all season. Their 58 points that they scored today was the lowest uh, point total for a team, whether it be them or their opponent, all yeah. season long. They're uh, just cold, West, man. Where they played one, they beat West Michigan once, and West Michigan scored 58. Otherwise, that's the lowest Cleveland point Cleveland State total. scored 46 in that. Oh, okay, yeah, block. sorry. Excluding the outlier of the Cleveland State, <laughs> that, that was a NCAA record game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even though that they were shooting efficiently, that kind of high-octane, high-volume high yeah. offense that you saw them have all season, I think, you know, we talked about it last week on the preview episode, some of these mid-majors and smaller schools that, mm -hmm. especially when you finished fifth in your conference and you had to win the conference, like you have to come on so strong yeah. in your conference tournament and play a couple days in a row, three to four days in a row for that tournament. And then you got to get into the bubble and everything and into the tournament and then play every other day then. You know, the fatigue starts to wear on these teams that don't have as much depth and aren't used to playing that kind yeah. of intensity. I mean, I'd point out something... I mean, you're looking at the half by half breakdown. Ohio won the second half. Yeah, it's it's they had a terrible start. I mean, you didn't, they didn't look good till five minutes in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we were sitting there saying that. But the they had a good first up. few minutes of the first half, and then we're like, for Creighton good. was on like a four minute drought. Yeah, and then but Ohio just couldn't score, and then oh, they brought yeah. up that other graphic that they had they had converted the same amount of field goals, and there were like mm -hmm. four minutes left in the game. You're down you know, Creighton, 15. Creighton went cold. It's just Ohio couldn't pull themselves out of that. They were down too. 15 at half. That that's a that's a killer. I mean, you look at their game against Illinois when Preston he had 31 points and they shot as a team 47 percent from the field and three point range. You look at their destruction against Cleveland State. I mean, you had the 40-0 run. <laughs> uh, McDay had 20 points and they shot 60 percent from the field. But you know they were 17th in the nation in points per game. They averaged yeah. just under yeah. 81 points per game, and they put you know they put up 62 and 58. And you know the Virginia game is sort of an outlier because Virginia slow. I mean Virginia is, is in the bottom is in the bottom five of possessions every single yeah. game. Slowest pace in the nation. Yeah. yeah, usually bottom five. Yeah, possessions per game. But you know they usually shoot close to 50 percent from field goals. They were way under that. They usually shoot. You know, 36% from three, way under that. Free throws, they're not a great free throw shooting team. Didn't shoot well again today, but, you know, it, I don't know if it was the bubble that it was tough to shoot. I don't know I what exactly was, just, was going on, but I just... It was just one of those nights, man. Yeah. Well, you know, and Creighton's one of those teams I thought they had a shot, but, you know, when Creighton is on yeah. and plays, they're, you know, they're a very hot and cold team. I think these were both very hot and cold teams. Uh, who can score in bunches when they're hot, and I think Creighton was just a hotter team tonight. Yeah, again, OU, OU had good looks; they I just didn't knock them down. I don't want to. I'm not making excuses, but like when you look at them, a team that has that high offense and is built on mm -hmm. that high volume of shots and converting those shots, 
when you look at them trying to build momentum, excuse me, they haven't gotten more than three games in at a time. Like, you go back and look at their schedule. They've gotten these past five games in. Then they had two canceled. Then they had three games. Then they had four, five games canceled. Then they had three games. Then they had two games canceled. You I know, mean, that's so, every team, though. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's every team. But, you know, for those teams that rely on the momentum of X-Factor mm-hmm. shooters, it's harder for those teams to build the momentum this year, I feel yeah. like. I think the frustrating and not get fatigued. The frustrating stat last thing I'll really say is offensive rebounds, fifteen to seven OU. Second yeah. chance. They just uh, couldn't convert so no, many. No, that's of those what I mean. It was just shooting. I don't think they yeah. were nervous. They didn't look nervous. Preston had that parking lot shot. Yeah, at the that, end. Was, that was not that was great. a waste. Yeah. But I, and then some of the fouls, they had that three, uh, that one possession where they had three fouls given. So oh, that, took, oh, that man, killed that you at was... the end because then you didn't have fouls to give. Yeah, then you were in the bonus and you couldn't be I mean, as they aggressive. They were actually doing better than, I mean, OU was in the bonus before Creighton. And then, yeah, they had like three fouls and then they had three quick fouls on, yeah, that one possession. It's like, well, shit. Yeah. You're trying to come back. You can't have the other team in the bonus. But no. st- still a great season, though. Oh, yeah. And Greg's going to have more on the characters from the Ohio Bobcats when we return. But first, Zach has more on our Beer of the Week. So for my reading of the can, uh, Jackie doesn't really have anything like we normally do. So on uh, beeradvocate.com, just going to read a random review. This is not how our podcast feels. This is not... Exactly. What they Who's do. reviewing it? And the name. This this will give you an idea. The name of the person on Beer Advocate is uh, the username is Bush Beer, like Bush Light. Bush. Why Why are you even on Beer Advocate? I don't. I don't know. That's a gas station beer. But Bush Beer states this beer pours hazy and yellow. It is topped with an inch of beige head that leaves spotty lacing. I get wafts, wafts of citrus and tropical fruit with hints of melon. It has a stale taste. I don't know how else to describe it. I got it on draft, too. I get some citrus flavor. There seems to be a bit of a malt sweetness. Overall, just an odd flavor combo. Medium-bodied with a slightly chalky mouthfeel. I have not liked Jackie O's attempts at this style. I think I will stick to their barrel-aged beers. So, Lisi likes their barrel barrel aged um okay okay that's something uh i, I really want to meet this this fella uh who has chalk he's in from ohio who has chalk show me your bush he's 46 anyway <laughs> his his uh his picture says show i don't me your trust bush. anybody who who uh who, who, whose username is bush beer to like it sounds like he's never drank an ipa before for one yeah I yeah mean, if, if you're going from a bush <laughs> whether it be a heavy or a light or an ice if you're out in virginia uh then that yeah this would be a shock to your system oh yeah a little well yeah that, i would understand i guess the stale flavor if you've never like had hops in a beer and then the chalky thing really confuses me how many times have you put chalk in your mouth it doesn't taste chalky again this is not uh, no this reflect. is a great beer i love yeah, this beer. it's an amazing i beer. will say the color is pretty spot on it yeah. does have the nice mango wafts but as far as the drinkability i think it's that that slight can i report this user yes the slight hop bite with just a, a smooth slightly citrusy taste so he gives it a 3.6 out of five we would give it a four and a half at least out of five. Oh yeah, I'd give it at least a four and a half. Oh, it's yeah. it's really it's, well it's, done. Hits exactly what they were going for. I think, uh, as it says up top here, hazy, juicy, and drink fresh. 
as okay. we are here on 30 Rack. And as you also... Guys, this can is awesome. Very much yeah. noticed, yeah. I love the can. They always have great cans. Rally Possum. Probably... With its babies. We want to give we want to give a shout-out to uh, to the art... Uh, Bri- Brian? Bryn? Bryn Parrot, I believe is the name. I, yeah, Bryn I we, Parrot. I think we looked that up once on Instagram last time we were doing Jackie O's. I think he's got a good Instagram where he, like, has more of this kind of design. Yeah, but so. it's got these, like... I mean, it's got a possum with the babies holding a umbrella with its tail. There's some flowers, and then, of course, they're under a cloud where there's raining and a little bit of lightning. It's got that same Jackie O's artistic style, and it's just... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really well done. Like, it's very pleasing to the eye and, like, something that I would look at and, honestly, I would see Jackie O's. I would see the cool art style, and I'd be like, I want that beer, like, without even yeah. thinking about it. I mean, yeah, it's very... Yeah, it definitely caught my eye when I was picking it out. And uh, this poor rally possum is out there in a storm with its babies. But not hopefully, covering the babies. The babies are on the back getting wet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, maybe if the bobcats can make it rain a little more like it is on this can, then they'll have a shot to come back. Maybe. As we record tonight uh, during their round of 32 game. But great beer from Jackie O's, guys. The classic Athens brewery. All right, and we're back to talking talking some Bobcats basketball. You know, at this point, unfortunately, uh, found out that they, they lost to Creighton, but uh, still celebrating the Bobcats and, you know, their great achievement from this year. But we want to get, you know, in a little bit further. There's some interesting characters, I think, on this, this Bobcats team to kind of break down. First off, we have Coach Jeff Bowles. The return. Jeff Bowles is a Magnolia, Ohio native. I have no idea where Magnolia, Ohio is. You don't is. know I'm not gonna lie. where Magnolia, Sounds beautiful. Ohio is. It does it's sound like, like a place. or something. I don't yes. know where Magnolia, Ohio is. Oh, the historic village, of it's course. In a, it's in Carroll and Stark Counties, you oh, moron. Oh, Stark County. I bet you they have rolling hills and a good, it's good forest. It's flat as fuck up there. Oh, is it? Yeah, Stark County. South, you're talking about Southeast Ohio. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was totally guessing on where this no, is. No, Stark County. Oh. Well, why don't you learn on Magnolia? Anyway, yeah. go on. So, <laughs> the Magnolia, Ohio native played for OU in the early 90s. Uh, they helped the Bobcats to the 1994 um, NCAA tournament. Also won the preseason NIT. They beat Ohio State in that tournament, actually. Oh, wow. The biggest of tournaments. The biggest. <laughs> so, uh, the largest. after... After his senior season was ended by an ACL injury, uh, he decided to move into coaching. So he had several stops, uh, OU, Akron, a couple schools in West Virginia as well. Um, he ended up at Ohio State in uh, 2009, where Ooh-hoo. he was an assistant coach under Thad Mata for seven years. Thad. Before Thaddeus. leaving for Long Island, he, he replaced uh, current Rutgers head coach uh, Steve Peichel. Pounding nail Steve Peichel at Stony Brook, where he was there for three years. Uh, led him to two CBIs. You know, in the America East, you don't really have a whole lot of chance for the NCAA tournament, but showed that they were still a good team before uh, getting the job for OU. So he returned to OU last year. Um, oh, yeah. They were in the MAC quarterfinals and everything shut down and then got his chance this year and uh, took the Bobcats to the tournament and the round of hey, 32. He's one and one in the NCAA tournament. Can't complain. No, no, not bad at all. Boosters so. are happy. Yeah, I the, mean the handful <laughs> boosters. But I mean, yeah, I mean it's great for uh, OU Athens pride to get uh, the former player back yep. into the coaching role. Uh, 
kind of the uh, Patrick Ewing of Maction. Well, that, that that's a little bit. Yeah. That's quite the uh, the uh, stretch there. No, it's a little bit of a Jeff jump. Bowles, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he has quite the resume that Patrick <laughs> Ewing has. I don't know. I don't think he, he has just as many NBA exactly. championships as Patrick no, Ewing. <laughs> That's hurtful. Oh. That's hurtful. He wasn't walking into uh, the Rock, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, and asking why people were asking for his uh, you know credentials because you know who I am. <laughs> yeah. This is my building. His his number isn't up in the rafters in uh, in an NBA arena, but uh, I mean, it is cool to have a guy you know come back. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, you hope. You know, for he said it was his dream job. Yeah, so if you're OU, you should be excited. I'm not saying he wouldn't take a bigger job, but he's it, but when, when a guy calls it his dream job, sounds like. And I think in college basketball, guys tend to stay at smaller schools a little differently well, than like football. Yeah, and yeah, guys yeah. don't do that. Yeah. You look at some of the guys, like I mean, the guy you replaced, you know, Pika was at Stony Brook for a long time. A lot of these guys, they don't. You know, with football, I think it's so quick where you take, like, the slight move up. Like, you move from the MAC to, like, maybe the AAC. It's just like, so different in football. The, the different levels yeah. are so... Like, you can compete. I mean, like, I mean, I hate to throw this out here. I'm not saying who you would ever be. I'm just saying, like, you... I mean, I think it's it's comprehensible that you could do what Mark Few did at Gonzaga. Yeah. Let's not act like before Mark Few got there that that was anything. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, just looking the same way... You know, if he, I mean, can't do that. In football. If if Ohio State comes calling, maybe that's a different story. But it's one of those things where, I mean, heck, you could even say, I mean, Cincinnati's a much more decorated program, but you know, McCrone wasn't taking the lateral moves; he was going to a blue blood. I would think Jeff Bowles would probably. He tried to go to UNLV, which <laughs> tried to. He just wanted more money. But like, no, I know. I think it looks like Bowles is a guy that you know, maybe a Power Five comes knocking. But he's not going to, you know what I mean? He's not going to take the slate. Well, he down. saw what his uh, old uh, assistant coach mate, John Gross, did. He left OU after leading them to the Sweet 16 and uh, saw that Illinois run went. He's back at, he's in Akron now. Well, he's like, I think he's, I think Bowles is like somewhere in between uh, Fuse and Gonzaga and uh, Coach Gates at Cleveland State. No, oh, yeah, Gates I'm not saying OU's not going to be. Yeah. I'm not Gates, saying. Coach I'm Gates just saying came in you there, could fixed build... the program, actually made an effort at a small school. Yeah, and, I'm saying you, you can know, build a program. I mean, OU ability. was just in the Sweet Whoa. 16. Cleveland State has been a school. They they the were tw- called the original Cinderella. They were a school that yeah. tried to, uh, you know, the middest, recruit the middest of majors. Try to recruit Manu Ball at one point. Uh, had their best coach in you know history get fired for doing a bunch of coke. Like, there's a lot of headlines of Cleveland. It's fucking Cleveland, well, baby. But I mean, <laughs> Bulls. If it weren't for Bulls, they wouldn't have Preston, though. That's that's. Oh, correct. I mean, he's a legit NBA prospect. We'll see how he develops next year. That'll be a big. But uh, what he only scored like 50 points though in high school. No, I know. I saw like, that. Well, 52 yeah, two or something like well, that. Well, I think Preston was there just a little bit before Bulls. Preston's a junior, so. Oh tell, yeah. Tell, tell, tell me about this. So Preston. So this fellow. Jason Preston, he's got a, a fascinating story, and actually the the best article that I saw on it, a kid from Orlando ending up at. Uh, OU in Athens. What newspaper do you think writes the best article? That's right, the Detroit Free Press. <laughs> <laughs> Not like they're covering a real basketball oh, team. Oh yeah, there. <laughs> are they covering? So here's why. So Preston, as we mentioned, a kid from Orlando, Florida. Uh, he learned the game from his mom, Judith. So as we mentioned, uh, you know, a guy that didn't really play a whole lot in high school. Uh, unfortunately, when he was 16, his mom Boo. his mom passed of lung cancer. <laughs> Oh, geez. so that kind of left, you know, Preston to kind of find something to kind of get him away from, you yeah. know, all the pain. So he really focused on basketball. 
So, you know, trying to play a lot more, work on this game a whole lot more. Also became kind of a, a blog writer for the Pistons because he was a big Pistons fan, which is why really? the Detroit Free Press ah, comes in. Interesting. Oh, okay. So uh, Preston originally, no D1 offers, no real offers, as we mentioned, you know, just around 50 points in high school. So never a full-time starter and was prepared actually to enroll at Central Florida to go into, you know, trying to be a sports writer. Yeah. So right before, um, you know, he was leaving like the summer before, a friend convinced him to go to an AAU tournament. At that AAU tournament, he was playing 40 minutes a game. He kind of found a field like, maybe I could actually do this. Ended up um, enrolling in a, in a prep school. Mm. Uh, so he, he went to a prep school. They had you know five teams, but he was able to play there, get a couple of offers, really low, low major, you know, Maryland, East Shore, stuff like that. Yeah, the lowest of majors. So uh, until he was on an eight-hour um, you know, bus ride, to, to a game and he asked a friend you know to help him make a highlight film of him and uh it just just happened to be noticed uh former wisconsin coach bo ryan his son will was an assistant at ou at the time oh, saw the video reached out and got preston to ohio so wow. bo ryan bobo man so a guy that Small had world. no a guy that had no offers out of high school That's a crazy. guy who had you know Late in his prep school career, had you know very low major mm -hmm. offers. Ended up making his way to Ohio and is a legit, you know, is a legit prospect according to a lot of uh, you know experts. I think like, they said, oh, like next year get that. Oh, and after year tonight, I mean, uh, that kid. He's got to hit the weight hell room a, a little game. bit. Hey, yeah, got to get he, a little bigger. But I mean, yeah. you saw his aggression out there tonight and his effort, like some of the saves he made. Oh his, yeah, even when he's not, he got. He still had. I mean, he, he only had four points, but he had four points. Eight assists, he's nine that, rebounds. He's that late. Kept them in there. He's that late first round, second round pick that any team's looking for because that's smart. He's, he's a smart like, kid. No, I mean, just saying, he's not. He can do. He can pat. He's unselfish. He's a pass. He does a lot of the different things that you, you know most of these kids coming out of college where, where they're twenty points a game, two assists. Four rebounds. I mean, he had 13 rebounds and 11 points he against... He had 31 uh, points at Illinois. But, I mean, he can score, but I'm saying is yeah, he, he does do the other these other things. Oh, right. He excels and, at them, and he's and willing it, to do any little thing, is my point. Yeah, and if you're you looking at, that. you know, some of these top teams, I mean, you look at a lot of the role players that, you know, show up in, like, a, like even the Lakers. You get Alex Caruso, a kid yeah. that, you know, isn't heralded but can do the little things. If you can get a guy that is comfortable with being the, you know, the eighth guy on the bench because he, he did it in high school. Oh, yeah. Can score some points but also distribute, give effort, play exactly. what you need to do. That's definitely a guy that can, you know, give some effort. He's mm -hmm. sort of like an X factor. Though he used to star on the team, he's kind of an X factor. You know, he could be an X factor going up. The X factor on this team, though, of course, is, is Bennett Vanderplus. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you rattle off? Ten and ten points in a row for him in the game against Virginia. Oh yeah, that including kid was, back to back threes, balling out as they say. Blue, he was the one that blew his shoe out tonight, wasn't he? Yeah, he's the one that yeah. blew his shoe out. Had to had to wear the the black and I think gray. It's shoe. Weird that like, he didn't I, mean, I know they're mid major for Adidas, and he just like whatever, but like they don't they don't wear like they didn't offer any green shoes. Like they uh, gave yeah. him black and gray, and then like the one kid had yellow shoes that obviously weren't Adidas. Well, I mean, sure they were, but he obviously bought himself. Yeah, like you know what I mean. That the team shoes they gave them were black and gray. I don't know. It, it was Adidas. Step your game up. It was your a look. lower level team. See, that's man. why round that's of thirty two. The nation's watching. Yeah, that's why it was off tonight. He he didn't have he didn't have the right shoes on. 
and wasn't as hot tonight. But I, I, I mean, he's another one that like that X factor and why Ohio had such a high-octane, high-volume offense this year. Yeah. Well, also, he had an interesting story going up in the Virginia game, a reason why he wanted to play so well, the leading scorer for them. His name is Ben, ben Vanderplus, but it's actually short for Bennett Vanderplus. And if you don't know the name Bennett, the Virginia coach, Tony Bennett, Tony Bennett actually not named after Tony Bennett per se, but named after <laughs> the Bennett family, his father, Dick Bennett, who... Uh, Bennett's dad, Dean, played with Tony under Dick Bennett at Wisconsin Green Bay, led them to the tournament in uh, 1991. Could you explain that a little better? You were just throwing out names and then said Bennett like five times. Can you, what's, what's, uh, okay, Tony Bennett's the coach at Virginia. Tony Bennett's the coach. Top of the tree. He played for his dad, Dick Bennett, at Wisconsin Green Bay. Yes. Then you have Ben Vanderplus's dad, Dean Vanderplus. Okay. Who also who played with Tony? Tony and him were okay, both they on the team. Together. Okay. okay, there we go. Played on the team for <laughs> okay, Dick Bennett. I wasn't the only one who was confused by the. Yeah. Okay. You just have to follow. No, you. I'm gonna have to slow it down for you guys. I am just gonna have to slow it down for you guys. Sorry, Bennett. Like more than I've ever heard in my life. The anyway, Phoenix. Huh? The Phoenix of of. Yeah. Wisconsin Green. So led him to the '91 tournament, and then Dean Vanderplus was so you know. So inspired by his coach, he named his kid Bennett. Ah. So Bennett, named after the family of the coach that he was playing against, had a big game, 17 points. Also had a huge game in even getting them to the tournament. Had 26 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists versus the one-seeded Toledo Rockets in the semifinals of the MAC tournament. A guy who showed out what needed to be done. Yeah. Feed him. Feed him. Feed that tongue movement. Yeah, he's <laughs> I'm sure they'll love to hear that on the podcast. You think? I'll crank that up, do some some of that ASMR stuff <laughs> for the fans. Thirty rack of sports on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But no, I I mean, yeah, he influential X Factor performance. You have oh, to yeah. have the X Factor going into the tournament. And I thought he was a great X Factor. He was so fun to watch in the Virginia game. He was, he was amped. His parents were just his as dad. Fun. They kept yeah. showing his dad. And my oh, dad man. was like, "Who's this guy?" And I was his like, "Dad was his dad." He's like, "No one else's family got was. to come to the game, but the white kid's dad." Well, the one thing that they were saying during the game was that you know his dad coached him during high school and he was so excited when he went to college because he's like i normally you, you know you can't cheer your dad your kid as a coach that oh much. yeah yeah so he's like he got to college yeah, and i can finally like cheer him yeah he was he was he was yeah he was ready to go but i mean a lot of other characters too i mean that make up such a great uh, that's a mid-major for you there's always yeah. characters guys with weird back like the juco route maybe went to a big school Transfer Juco, trying to get back in. Yeah. Well, the other thing Your is... Homer coach. Yeah. Especially in basketball, it's like, you know, especially Ohio, there are 13 D1 schools in Ohio, so you got to go somewhere else. You know, Preston was from Florida. Vanderplus was from Wisconsin. A couple other guys from Florida. You just got to find guys where you can find guys. I mean, Ohio's just loaded. Yeah, with D one, and Ohio is a great basketball state. They produce a lot, but there's not enough to support. Well, you know, it's crazy. And then you got a great D two school, powerhouse in uh, Finley, the Oilers. Yeah, I mean, no, you got true, true. You got schools there, but you just got too much, too many schools. Not quite enough talent. Like much more of a 
football state. So you oh, have to well, look around yeah, and yeah. find some, you know, find some talent somewhere. But it's crazy when you look at and you go all the way back to when we did like our March, our NCAA basketball like preview episode, like way back in the fall, and all the schools that we talked about as like <laughs> the teams to get there. We, I mean, we talked about like Preston and everything, and we yeah. mentioned the Bobcats, but. To think that they would be the team left representing Ohio in March Madness. I don't think we talked this much like that about Ohio State. Like, I think they, I mean we did, but not. I was questionable on them. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy that we we talked a lot about Wright State. Yeah, uh, I thought Wright State would be in there. Wright State, Toledo, Toledo, Toledo. and then uh, I mean Xavier had a lot of yeah, returning Xavier guys. Were probably the three that we were like, yeah, we think they'll do it. No, Ohio probably. State will get in, but eh, but yeah, yeah. And then Cincinnati was the team that we were expecting to kind of be on the bubble. And yeah, they were the ones that <laughs> and they were yeah. But Ohio Bobcats of Athens. Hey, they made it the furthest. Represent. Are you ready to learn about what's brewing in Ohio, gentlemen? I'm excited. What's going on? What's, ex- what's brewing around the state? Get excited because these are two of, I think, our favorite breweries here on the show and uh, very cool beers happening. Do you guys uh, fancy some maple syrup every now and then on the yeah. pan, on the pancakes and whatnot? Um, uh, you know, You're not I like a cakes? waffle. I like a nice oh, maple a syrup guy? on a waffle. Ah, yeah, waffles are good. Same fucking thing. That is well, we could do a whole podcast on that, but I'm not going to get into that. Pancakes uh, are it just depends thing. if you put it in a waffle iron or no. in a, Yeah, Yeah, it does. A no. I like the little crevices. There you go. There you you go. like all sorts of crevices. Yeah. Uh, Wooly Pig Farm Brewery out in Fresno, Ohio, one of the coolest breweries here in the great state of Ohio, has a maple sap cream ale that they are brewing. It is a spring tradition out there in the rural parts of Tuscarawas County, or that's Coshocton County on the Tuscarawas River. There you go. Excuse me. I will say, having usually the maple, like the the more syrup beers, are like the dark, either the brown ales or like the... Having it with the cream ale is interesting because that's a little bit of a lighter stuff. You're very interested. Yeah, it's... Sounds very interesting, and I would love to get out to the Fresno, Ohio Tap Room and Farm, which has just extended its hours if you're out that way. Ooh. But this is brewed with hundreds of gallons of locally sourced maple sap. It's a very light and easy drinking beer, perfect for the outdoors as the temps start to warm up. So get out there to Woolly Pig Farm Brewery. That's the only place that's available. The census location, census of, location of, of Fresno, Fresno Ohio. Ohio. That's right. Uh, and then here in Cincinnati, Urban Artifact. Known oh, I love for, Urban Artifact. Known for their sours and fruit beers. I love their sours. Kind of pioneers in the game. Uh, they have launched a beer this week that is called Astronaut Food. Love it already. Yeah, I'm in. Great name. Great I name. I thought you were going to say they were going to serve astronaut food. but anyway. I love very, astronaut food, yeah, too. Very oh, ice cream. Very yeah, Urban exactly. Artifact purple on the can. And uh, it is a fruit tart ale. Ooh. Made with a new kind of brewing process here that involves, involves freeze-dried fruit. So you've got freeze-dried wow. raspberries and blackberries. That's where the astronaut stuff comes Yeah, from. there you go, yeah. So what this does, guys, is it results in a very extreme concentration of flavors. So uh, Urban Artifact, they already kind of pack a punch oh, yeah. with their fruity flavors yeah. in their beers. This one is supposed to pack even more of a punch. And would you like to take a guess at its alcohol content? Nine. 
15. Whoa. Whoa. I was going to say like yeah. seven. Whoa. Yeah, so you're talking 15% about it. About fruited it. tart ale from Urban Artifact with freeze-dried fruits, packing a punch on all levels. That is out this week, uh, and that is available for statewide shipping, folks. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. I nice. am serious. You can purchase it online. Cereal? So cereal. Uh, Urban Artifact, it's also available in their Northside Tap Room in Cincinnati. That is what go, is brewing go, go. in Ohio. Guys, should we buy astronaut food? Or I'm, no? I'm up for yeah. it. Let's okay. do it. Sounds Let's good. We'll it. get some coming, ice cream. Coming, coming soon. All right. We are wrapping up here on 30 Rack of Sports. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack, uh, talking a little bit of tournament, getting our picks out there, you know, watching along with the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, good time overall, guys. Before we get out of here, uh, we want to get our cheers. Zach, do you have anyone that you're choosing this uh, this fine evening? I'm at cheers, uh, actually, non-sports related. Sports hasn't gone good for me recently. That's uh, fair. But actually, one of our longtime listeners, loyal listeners, my buddy from high school listens every weekend, went to his wedding over the weekend. So congratulations uh, to my good friend, loyal listener, Jeff, and cheers, his new wife, Jeff. Carrie. Yeah. Oh, nice. Cheers, guys. Yeah. Cheers to them, and thank you so much for listening to the show. Always great to see. Uh, always great to hear a listener finding a lovely wife. One of the few. Yeah. Josh, what about you? Well, hey, we have 10 of them. <laughs> uh, my uh, shout out is going to be uh, to the Cincinnati Bearcats baseball team. Definitely uh, not the basketball team. <laughs> not the basketball team. The baseball team. It's uh, It was a crosstown shootout on the diamond this week. A four-game series between the Bearcats and the Xavier Musketeers. Laid a big old thump on them. Yeah, unfortunately, they came back and laid a big old thump on us the next day. But today, this afternoon, we won seven to two and split the series seven to two. But yeah, you're talking about that game on twenty two to five. Bearcats baby. scored twenty two runs on the Musketeers. Love to see it. Love to see. Sure it. you do, Josh. Love big to see Musketeers. It. Big Musketeers guy. It basically hates Ohio in general. He, he as does, we, as we mentioned this, you guys are disgusting. Uh, guys, for my cheers. Uh, of course, someone's got to be the serious one around here. We're talking equality. Uh, I want to shout out to uh, the Oregon Lady Ducks uh, player, Sedona Prince. Uh, she was the one who uh, recorded the viral TikTok talking about the men's versus women's weight uh, rooms, yeah. where the men's had this entire uh, you know conference room filled, and the women just had like a little rack of weights, like worse than like what you would find in your Holiday Inn weight room. It's pretty despicable, actually. It was. It was <laughs> so um, you know, called. Called in, got a whole lot of people behind him. You know, big athletes. Steph Curry was talking about it. Dick Sporting Goods was like, "Hey, we'll load up a truck and bring like." That's just the, NCAA just can't ever do the anything, NCAA, right? Can they? Well, so the NCAA first said that they didn't have enough room, even though they had a yeah, ton of room, and then yeah. they said there was a miscommunication about room. But also, it has come to light that they had different testing policies where the oh, men yeah. were getting the more accurate tests, and they just all called it a miscommunication between the men's and women's different committee. meals too, dude. They're going to figure it out. And you know what? <laughs> They're not, though. You screwed you're not, that up. Come yeah. on. You're not, you're not paying your players. You're getting... I mean, the women's tournament still has a ton of viewers. They're still on yeah. ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU. The least you can do is give them a decent hotel, decent food, and a place to work out. They're basketball this isn't players. This is the, like, the you know, 60s. Like, people have social media. You didn't think someone was going to, like... Send well, that when women out. work out, you literally yeah, they gave work them out too. a what if, what stand if, with like six weights on it. What are you talking about here? What do they about think a these tournament. Division One athletes? They're Division One athletes. Uh, yeah. what, do, what do you think they do? And guess what? They they all use the same weight room because I you know, know that's like I mean. all these big schools have these giant weight rooms. I mean, at the end of the day, we've learned and confirmed—well, not learned, but confirmed—one thing. 
The NCAA does not care about student athletes well, and yeah. their well-being. But you know who needs to go? Yeah, but you know who does care, guys? Oh, Us about our right loyal here. listeners. Thank you so much for listening to another Thirty Brack of Sports, and also for our last year. Shout out to those at Jackie O's. They're under a cloud, hazy IPA, uh, and. An absolute not shout out to Bush Beer on Beer Advocate. I hope yeah, he gets yeah. canned from the site. Shout out to Jackie O's. I tried to report the three timer club. People. So shout out to Jackie O's. Shout out to our listeners. And shout out to the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, we'll see you next week on another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Peace. <laughs>